Felcher, host of the Kid Fun and More podcast on Word of Mom Radio. I've written several books on creative play for kids, including my latest, Kid Fun 401 Easy Ideas for Play. On our podcast, we'll talk to people who care about kids in many different ways. Experts, entrepreneurs, psychologists, parents, teachers, and others. While learning about their line of work and special interests, We'll also talk about their memories of fun they had when they were young. I'll also share a kid fun tip that we hope will enrich your experience with kids. And now it's time for our guest. Well, this is a most unusual kid fun. <laughs> Actually, it's a surprise to our guests. Often I mention that I have a public relations business and I talk about my clients. And Dory DiCarlo, who is the host, the producer of Word of Mom Radio, suggested she interview me for Kid Fun. So, hi, Dory. Thank you. It is my pleasure, Sharla, because you know what? You bring so much fun to Kid Fun, and you have introduced so many different people and occupations and things that are all geared to creating fun for children. And so many people don't realize what you do to create kid fun. And, you know, we share your book, we share kid fun minutes on other shows, but I really wanted people now that they've gotten to know you as a host to be reminded of who you are and what you do. So you talk about it all the time that you have a public relations business, but how is that connected? to your love of children. You know, if I weren't passionate about kids, I can't even imagine where my life would be. What happened was I taught kindergarten. I retired at the old age of 25 because I had my first daughter was born, Amy, and then Hope was born three years later. And then I got bored. <laughs> and one of my books is called Help, the Kid is Bored. That must be me. And um I got bored and I volunteered at the at the Children's Museum in Philadelphia, Please Touch Museum, where I had taken my kids. It's everything I believe in. It's all hands-on learning. It's about fun. And I, when I was bored, I thought, hmm, maybe I can do something and volunteer there. So it actually took six months for them to, I used to say, when they opened the door and let me in, I wouldn't leave. And they put me in the all-volunteer public relations department. I learned how to do public relations from someone who was studying it and from all the reporters that we called. And I really loved it. And then they asked me if I would consider being the part-time PR director of Please Touch Museum. And I couldn't believe it because I loved it. And that's how I got into PR, because of my love of kids. And I was the very first PR director for the museum. How fun is that? I love that. So as your PR firm, so that was your first, you know, you came on with them. But then as you started branching out, who was your first client that you landed? 
<laughs> Just wait till you hear that. But I want to make back up a minute. One of the things I did for Please Touch Museum was coordinate a visit by Mr. Rogers. He was coming to Philadelphia. I mean, he was my first event, Mr. Rogers. Oh, my word. It was like an omen about my future. Because I have met, which I look forward to sharing with you, many, many celebrities who I dreamed about when I was young. And then I got to do PR for them. But for Mr. Rogers, he came to Please Touch Museum. He read to kids. He put on his sweater in my office. He put on his sneakers in my office. And it was very funny because we were very low budget. And they were in Pittsburgh. So to call Pittsburgh, it was long distance. And they spoke at his company as slowly as he speaks. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, no, this is costing too much money. And um, But when he came, it was just wonderful. Museum was filled, of course, and that was a thrill. Um, while I worked at Please Touch Museum, I wrote for the Philadelphia Daily News about kids, and I had a page called Kid Fun, no surprise. And I had kid reporters who went on assignment. Because I wrote for the Daily News, I was invited to the nation's only theme park based on Sesame Street. It's called Sesame Place. And it was about 30 minutes outside of Philadelphia in Langhorn, PA. It's still there. And I used to dream when I finished teaching kindergarten, I even told someone, I'm going to write for Sesame Street one day. Well, they rejected me. That didn't happen. But I was there just visiting and talking to the PR people at the theme park, Sesame Place. And they said, we want you to work with us. And I couldn't believe it. I was like pinching myself. Could this possibly be? And um, it took about three months, but I left the museum in January 1984, started my own PR business with Sesame Place and Please Touch Museum as my first clients. And I also wrote about kids in the Daily News in Philadelphia. So it was all about kids for me, even then. And, um, oh, the things that I did when... When um, Elmo arrived, they have at the park walk-around characters, like life-size characters. When Elmo arrived, he came by helicopter. I had arranged the opening, the arrival of each one of the characters. When Big Bird arrived, he came in a convertible. We had a parade. It actually could have been my husband's car. And But we did wonderful events for kids. A lot of celebrities came to Sesame Place. We had a media day. So I could connect with a lot of the media in New York, and they would bring their kids. It was a joyful place, and they were my client for 26 years until the theme park was sold. And experiences we did, like Abby Kadabi is this adorable. She was a new character on Sesame Place, and she was also moving into Sesame Place. So she was on Sesame Street. And um, I came up with the idea of having the Good Neighbor Award because we had a new neighbor. And up and down the East Coast, from Boston down to Washington, D.C., we recognized children who did something good for the community, young children. And I worked with Dr. Rhonda Clements, who was, actually, she was a guest on Kid Fun and More, and she helped me find schools, preschools, or elementary age schools. And we visited them, and we took Elmo, and Abby Kadabi and certificates for all the children who got the Good Neighbor Award 
and it was a press idea, but it made everybody feel great. How fun is that? And you know, not your last episode, but the one before that, Sesame Street has a new spinoff called Mega Builders, and it's Elmo, Abby Cadabby, and Cookie Monster, and they actually were the sponsor of Kid Fun. You know, I saw that on your website, and they're like my people. I know. <laughs> I haven't been there since 2010. I was so excited, Dory. That was amazing. It's you know, a shame and- that I don't, the people I used to work with at Sesame Street, Sesame Workshop, aren't there now, because maybe it-, it helped us with Kid Fun. It would have been fun. It's actually awesome for Word of Mom Radio. This is our second Paramount Pictures came to us when they launched Clifford the Big Red Dog oh. in a movie. So they sponsored one of the Kid Fun shows. And I did that Sesame with Clifford. Street, yeah. Yep. And then Sesame Street came to us. So how exciting that Word of Mom is getting out there. Kid Fun is getting out there. And they're coming in and asking us to promote their new ventures. So I have to ask you, as your business grew, did you see with kid-related clients, or did you branch out? Well, it's interesting because I had this kid page in the Daily News, Kid Fun page, and we interviewed all kinds of interesting people. Kids interviewed them, and I got to make get clients from it. One of them was involved in baseball, and he was the owner of Dream Week, the fantasy baseball camp for the Phillies, the Mets, the Orioles, and the Cincinnati Reds, and he hired me. So I got out of my kid realm, but it was because of kids that I met him. And um, I love theater. I love entertainment. I've been involved in that. I've worked with law firms. I had an environmental law firm client for 12 years, but what we did helped kids because kids are just a great story. And we had an environmental community service award, and we recognized two schools a year for 12 years with kids who did worthwhile programs for the environment with great partners like Wawa. I don't know if you know what Wawa is in your area. The food store? Yeah. I used to do theater down in Shawnee, Pennsylvania. Believe me, Wawa was our 3 a.m. run for (laughs) snacks. Well, they are a great community partner, and we worked with them for 12 years, and we worked with the ABC affiliate and NBC affiliate to help get the word out. But it was about kids. It always goes back to kids for me and entertainment. So many people, when you look at theater, entertainment, my background was in children's theater. My first professional children's theater show, I was 12. When I was 12, people thought I was 35, but, and we did an improvisational version of Cinderella. Mm. So we wound up writing the show ourselves through improv and then performed the show. And I was one of the stepsisters. It was so much fun. The guy who played the king, his name was Michael Small. And here's the prince with the magic sneaker. Instead of the <laughs> glass shoe, it was a magic sneaker. Right. And he says something to his father, and he's like, what do I look like, Tom McCann? You know, I mean, it was just, it, I think back to that. And so my whole professional theater life, I helped build a children's theater group called West Coast mm. Productions that was in Westchester County, New York. And the only professional children's theater company, 32 years. They were there for 32 years before they finally closed. And we used to do hospital tours. Back in the day with corporate sponsorships, We, when it first started, we would literally do two months, six days a week, two shows a day. Load in, perform, pack up, drive to the next location, load in. And, and you know, if you think amazing. about it, 
that history that you have, and my history as a kindergarten teacher, but here we are today doing very different things. But exactly. That talent, you know, I learned, I, my creativity came full force in the kindergarten classroom. I use that every day. I like to come up with crazy ideas and make them happen. Now, I'll tell you one. Please. We worked with, we worked with a mall, Franklin Mills Mall. It was the largest. It was, it's huge. Uh, it has a different name now. But when we were there, there was an exhibit coming in called Vienna in Concert. And it was really about the music in, in Vienna, Mozart, and Bach. And it was art exhibits, sculptures, and paintings. Very unusual to be in a mall. It had never been in a museum in Northeast America. It had been on the East Coast. Well, I had the idea that the Von Trapp family, who had an inn in Stowe, Vermont, Maybe I could get someone from that family to come to the opening of this exhibit. I knew nobody. We wrote a letter to the Von Trapp Family Lodge in Stowe, Vermont, and we actually got a response from Wilhelm Von Trapp. And he said, I can't come, but my sister Maria would like to come. Did you know there were two Marias in the Von Trapp family? I did not. They changed the names in the play and the movie because there were two Marias and it was too confusing. And I became girlfriends with Maria Von Trapp. Who was she in the movie? Which name got changed? Third oldest child, I think. I have to Google it to yeah. find it because we lost Maria last year. Hmm. But um, so anyway, I picked her up at the airport and she said, I said, how will I recognize you? She said, oh, you'll know me because I'll have my hair in braids and I'll be wearing a half dress. And she had been a governess in New Guinea and um, for 20-some years. And so I picked her up and we're going. My client had me get a limousine, which is totally opposite. It's an oxymoron, Maria Von Trappen and limousine. <laughs> so down to earth and so sweet. And I asked her how she felt about her stepmother. And she said, well, she was a genius. And you know how geniuses can be. I didn't know, but that was a clue, right? So we go to the mall. My client gives Maria two dozen red roses, and we're mingling, and I'm kind of her escort. That's what a PR person does. It's really fun. Then the Philadelphia Opera Company performed music from The Sound of Music. I love that movie. Me, personally, I loved it. I saw it right before I became a kindergarten teacher. I wanted to be Maria when, when I grew up. And the very first song I taught my class was Do Re Me. So here I'm sitting with Maria Von Trapp and the opera company is singing Edelweiss and songs from Sound of Music. And when it was Edelweiss, I turned around and I said, do, do you like that song? And she said, well, not really, but they have nice voices. <laughs> the family wasn't such a fan of Sound of Music. I was going to say, boy, all these myths just being broken. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got more too. <laughs> Anyway, I said to her, why don't you go on the stage and thank everyone? So she said, oh, I don't like to speak publicly, but you come with me. So I go on the stage and I said, Maria wants to thank all of you for singing with your beautiful voices. And she wants to give each of you a rose. So that's what she did. She handed them each a rose. And it was amazing. And I thought, I can't believe I met Maria Von Trapp. Well, my client said, you have her tomorrow. You're responsible for her until she gets back on the plane and leaves. I didn't even realize that. So that was a Saturday. That Sunday, my daughter Hope and my brother Barry and I had brunch with Maria Von Trapp. She told us some things. 
Like they didn't climb a mountain, they took a train. They left Austria. Her father was against the Nazis, but because their American booking agent booked them in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I didn't know that in advance. How silly that I didn't ask her. Right. So we still had a lot of time before I had to take her to the airport. So I wanted to take her to Sesame Place. I thought, what a great photo for People magazine. Maria von Trapp meets Big Bird. She said, I don't really like that TV show, but I want to find the house where we live. They left Austria and they lived in Philadelphia for three years. Wow. Because they sang at that concert that I mentioned. When they sang, they were looking, they didn't really know where they were going to live yet. And the, one of the people was a very prestigious lawyer in Philadelphia, Mr. Biddle. And his mother had just passed away in the house across the street from him. And he gave them that house for three years. All they had to do was sing once a month in his ballroom. Well, she and I and my daughter, my brother had to leave, took a ride, and we found the house. She remembered where it was. It wasn't far from where I grew up. And we found the house and we went through the house. And it was unbelievable. Later, eight years later, I did PR for the show Sound of Music starring Richard Chamberlain, who's an artist. And this house is owned by art collectors. And I took him and the cast to visit the house for an exclusive interview for the Philadelphia Inquirer. And we got some TV coverage. And um, I went back to that house four times. <laughs> I took the grandchildren of the Von Trapps who were performing at the Mann Center in Philadelphia to the house as a publicity event. So I've had so much fun. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and say thanks to our sponsors, and we'll be back here in just a moment on Word of Mom Radio. Get early access to Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank on digital today. Buy or rent the heroic animated adventure that's nonstop fun for the entire family. Michael Sierra and Samuel L. Jackson voice the hilarious comedy about an underdog samurai's journey to become top dog in a world full of cats. Rated PG from Paramount Pictures. And we're back here on Kids Fun and More. And why are you hearing Dory's voice instead of Charlotte's? You're hearing <laughs> my voice because Charlotte is our guest today talking about her journey of Kids Fun. I'd have to ask you before I continue on. I had a friend who was a makeup artist, and she said that Richard Chamberlain was the handsomest man she had ever worked on in her entire <laughs> life and also one of the kindest. And your views? I did PR for him twice. And I love the Thornburns. And I love Dr. Kildare. So, oh, my God, I'm hanging out with Richard Chamberlain. It's unbelievable. He was very nice with me, but he was reserved. He was a little afraid of the press. And the truth is that was in 1992 and then in 2000. And he hadn't come out that he was gay. But one of the reporters asked a question and wrote something. And from then on, he really, for a while, he was very reserved with the media. And I was the PR person. But I did create a great event for him. The second time he came, that's when I think he was in Sound of Music. We did an um, art exhibit. He's a great painter. And, really? Yes. And he painted with four of his paintings. And I found a gallery. And they exhibited his work, and we invited the press, and it was like all the paparazzi came. It was amazing. And I had also done PR for Dale Chihuly, 
you know, Dale Chihuly, who makes this amazing glass sculpture. Yes. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, that same week, that same, like the day before, I had done the PR for his fabulous sculpture being hung at the Liberty National Liberty Museum. And he walks into the art gallery. Like Dale Chihuly, that's amazing. And he was flipping out because Richard Chamberlain was there. And it turned out they both lived in Hawaii. It's great. Unbelievable. So you have worked with a lot of celebrities. You've worked with one of my personal heroes, Jerry Lewis. Ah. When I was a little girl, I used to do, we used to do carnivals, the muscular dystrophy carnival. Back in the days where you could go to the store and they would just donate all this stuff and we would do it for the weekend and the first one I did, I was 10 years old and I raised $1,100. This is 1970. Mm. So, I mean, there was a lot of people that came and my mom made all this food that was all donated. Supermarkets donated food, toy stores. It was unbelievable. And it had always just been my dream. I wanted to dance with him once <laughs> because I don't care about the Hollywood scandals and all these other things. What I that man did in, for muscular dystrophy, people don't realize that he worked like 360 days a year for and MD. For me, I grew up on Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis movies, and right. I thought he was a riot, and I loved he sang a song, I'll go my way by myself. He had a record. It was a 45 record, and both sides of it, my brother and I loved how he sang. So I did PR for, for the theater in Philadelphia for 16 years. And I do it now for Bucks County Playhouse in New Hope. Jerry Lewis was starring in Sam Yankees. He played the devil. I had a press conference for him. So I was about to bring him into the main room and introduce him. He said, uh-uh, I'm going to go first. And then he, he opens the door and he goes, hello, you know, in his silly way. And then he goes, Sharla, can I come in now? And I was behind him. So we both came in. I was in the room already. He said, no, you go in. And I'm going to come in later. Like, I was so nervous what was going to happen. <laughs> and, then, and then another day, we had the mayor of Philadelphia, and we gave him a cheesesteak of Philadelphia welcome on the stage. Nice. Now, when you do public relations, you have to be creative because you want to invite the press to cover something. If it's boring, who cares? But if you make it unusual. So when we did the show Sunset Boulevard with Petula Clark, we renamed our main street is Broad Street. We renamed it Sunset Boulevard. When we did the opening of Carousel, we had a clam bake. And we had kids come and sing. And we gave away clam chowder. Every show we did, we had another thing. We did 42nd Street of Bucks County Playhouse. And we taught the mayor of New Hope, PA, where it's located. And the firefighter had a tap dance with the star of the show. And we renamed their main street, 42nd Street. So How we're always fun. coming up with something. Uh, it's so funny. I actually at Shawnee Playhouse in Pennsylvania. Oh. I used to perform there. And I did Lola and Damn Yankees. And matinees, we would, have, of course, have the groups that got bust in from uh-huh. certain places. Right. And Joe asked Lola what she was before this. And she was the ugliest girl in wherever it was. So wherever the group came in from, I'd be the oh. ugliest girl in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, <laughs> or Bucks County, Pennsylvania. It was always the biggest laugh of the show. I bet. It was so funny. Very and smart. If, you know, and if not, then I was the ugliest girl in Shawnee, Pennsylvania. 
Wait, like, were you Lola? Yes. Oh my gosh, what yeah. a big role. Yeah, I was low. I was carrying that. I'm doing PR right now for Kinky Boots uh, at Bucks County Playhouse. Nice. And the lead is Lola. And we were talking about whatever Lola wants, Lola gets. That's Such a you. Great job. I remember one time, it was so funny, I'm singing, I took the zing out of the king, oh, right. I am. And Paul, who's playing our the devil, is looking at me going, God, she's, you know, oh, look at you. In my head, I am thinking to myself, Dory DiCarlo is phoning in this performance from Manhattan. And I, it was one of the rare times I was ever on stage that I just wasn't there. Mm. But I had done, you know, I mean, it was a long run of the show. In adult theater, you can get away with that. In children's theater, they would have been throwing spitballs at me. <laughs> because kids know when you are acting and when you are being. Adults, mm. no clue. I'm serious. I'm literally thinking to myself, I am phoning in this apartment from my apartment in Manhattan that I hadn't seen in a month and a half because we all lived at the Playhouse. Right. And they had a cast house. I was actually just up there over uh-huh. summer. Ginny and Charlie Kirkwood are still there. Oh, that's so And nice. when I tell you, I went over, I used to babysit for their daughter mm. when I performed there. And I would bake at their house and stuff. And so I walked over and, of course, I'm masked. And, and it was, I had sunglasses on. So I went like, I lifted up my sunglasses. I took down my mask really quickly. Ginny looked at me and she was like, Dory, oh, my gosh. Because we had become such good friends. And she had no idea that for me, she was somebody I so looked up to this woman who had five kids and a husband who was a corporate attorney. And here they own, you know, Shawnee Mountain. Jean-Claude Keeley was their ski pro. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was just a phenomenal place. And I was so ridiculously thrilled that not only is it still there, but so are they. Hmm. And, you know, but it's things like that. I mean, Pennsylvania, people don't realize. What a rich state in theater and entertainment and so many things. People always think of New York. And they don't realize the stuff going on in, in, in Pennsylvania. Well, it's interesting with Bucks County Playhouse in New Hope. It's not yeah. even an hour and a half from New York. Right. And it was established in 1939 because they didn't have air conditioning in the theaters in New York yet. So they all came down to New Hope and Lambertville, which really wasn't far. And they performed in every, Grace Kelly got her launch at Bucks County Playhouse, Robert Redford, Neil Simon. It's amazing. So Barry Manilow. I'm a fan Raising my hand. So am I. Raising my hand every year. (laughs) I sing, it's just another New Year's Eve, another night Ah. all the rest. I do it every year. I put that up on Facebook. Every God. single year, I'll do my new version I of it. I love it. I, there was no. not a song of his. I just think that guy had the formula for songs. He did. He still does. Please tell me he's lovely. For me, he, he was lovely. Yes, good. He was so lovely. Good. So here's my quick story. I saw him in 1977 the first time. I had a book published the day it came in the mail, the day I went to the concert. And it wasn't a big book, but it was still, oh, my God, I had a book published. And out on the stage comes this Jewish guy with a big nose and a Brooklyn accent. And he sings a song called Beautiful Music. Do you know that song? Mm -hmm. 
before I knew when I was blessed, when I was like the rest of the people who never let dreams in their mind. Well, I let dreams come in my mind. And I listened to his music. He has one song, Riders to the Stars. And I was riding to the stars and I was just going to do it. I was going to write more books. I was going to get them published. I sent him fan letters. I sent him a book. When another book came out, of course, I didn't hear back. But then, because I did PR for the theater in Philly, we were doing the show Copacabana. And he wasn't in it. He wasn't even going to come. And my client said, he, we're only, he's only going to come if we really need to sell tickets. Well, guess what? Two weeks before, we needed to sell tickets. And my client said, Charlotte, I want you to plan a press conference for Barry Manilow. Oh, my God. Everybody in my world knew I was a fan of I was crazy, really, because I let him inspire me. You know, I took his some of his lyrics. You could take it from anything you listen to. And I looked at him and I decided, well, he was just a normal guy at one point. <laughs> and why can't it happen to me? And so I planned his press conference. I introduced him to the media in Philadelphia. My daughter, who went to the University of Delaware, left school, it's only an hour away, to take every picture she could. It's still hanging in my office. We And when I had one-on-one -on -one interviews, like, you know, like you see it in the movies with press conferences, he, he was in one room and he was interviewed, and then the TV camera was setting up in another room. And I told him what his book, what his music meant to me and what he meant to me. And he just kind of listened. He didn't say much. But I told him, you know. I told him, and then it was time to leave, and he was down the hall, and I said, bye, Barry, and he put out his arms, and he gave me a hug, and I said, thank you for my six books, and he said, I didn't do that. You did that. Oh. Amazing, and I have the pictures to prove it. Those are the things my brother and I were just talking. My dad was a, uh, had, had a nightclub and was a producer, and Joe mm -hmm. Frazier and the knockout, so Joe Frazier, the boxer. He Some actually had a group. Yeah. yeah, he had a group called Joe Frazier and the Knockout. And wow. they performed at my father's nightclub. And we all stayed to get to meet Joe Frazier. Right. I was 10 years old in my pink bathrobe, my floor-length <laughs> bathrobe. This man walked into our, the kitchen of the nightclub, and I burst into tears. Because <gasps> he was the biggest human being I had ever seen in my entire life. He was gigantic. He picked me up and he sat me in the crook of his arm. And he looked at me. He's like, what's the matter, little lady? Did I scare you? And I said, yes. And he said, you don't have to be scared. Give your Uncle Joe a hug. And I was like, okay. And I give him this huge hug. So now he's making a muscle for us. And he literally could bend his elbow to where your elbow's at a 90-degree angle. That's as far as it would go because the muscle of his arm oh my was like God, a so bowling big. ball. Like they cut the bottom half of the bowling oh ball God. up and just stuck it on his arm. It was huge. So my little brother, Ricky, he's the youngest. He's seven. And he said to him, because, you know, our daddy could beat up giants. I mean, he could beat up anybody. And he said to him, Daddy, can you beat up Joe Frazier? And he's like, that's the world boxing champ. My brother was devastated. <laughs> and Joe Frazier picked my brother up and sat him down in front of him. He said, let me tell you something. I can beat any man in the entire world I can beat up except your father. Oh. When I, my brother and I were just talking about it the other day. 
He said it was just his heart filled up. He gave him a hug and he told me that I could never be able to beat your father. And I was like, that's a man. That's a man. That's the heavyweight champ of the world who will tell a little boy who's crestfallen that I can beat up anybody except your dad. Uh, you know, that. I know those are the things that make that celebrity magic. You know, it's not the snotty celebrity that just throws their weight around and forgets where they began. And I everything. kind of missed this, but a friend of mine told me he heard on the radio a sports writer being interviewed and um, he wrote for the Philadelphia Daily News and I knew him very well. He's the one who really led me into the paper and he said, What's the best way to get a story out of an athlete? He said, send Charlotte Felcher and her kid reporters. And just the week before, I had all these kids doing a press conference with Harold Carmichael from the Philadelphia Eagles. And um, a boy, I think he was blind, but he put his head up and he said, do you ever cry? And Harold Carmichael gave the sweetest answer you know, like, yeah, after yesterday's game, but it was so touching. And I happened to have notified our ABC affiliate and they were there. And to get an athlete, just like Joe Frazier, that moment is so precious. And we captured that moment. It's a phenomenal thing because they mean so much to so many people. I've never thought that children should look up to athletes. That's why I always loved Derek Jeter because never a breath of scandal, nothing left baseball when he could have still been playing because it was time for him to get married and have a family. And mm-hmm. he didn't want to be that dad that was only there a couple of months out of the year. So I, we could just keep going and going and going on this, but we're going to have to start wrapping it up. So I know that you really believe dreams come true. I do. How do you make them happen? You know, when young people come to talk to me, young people in college about their future, I start with what's fun for you, what's really fun. If you're doing public relations, you can do it for anything. So start with what your hobbies are. People work in an area that they call fun or that fascinates them, and they really care passionately. They can make their dreams come true. I spell work F-U-N, and I guess here I spell kid fun. That's the best. I still work F-U-N. It's so funny. Somebody just, I said that to somebody the other day. Really? It's only work if you don't like what you do. I love what I do. So it's never work to me. So as we're wrapping up, let's talk about Kid Fun. 401 Easy Ideas for Play. Because we know I'll never sell that short again. (laughs) I only had 100 ideas that one time I interviewed. I was like, wait a minute. 401. (laughs) And I have to tell you. And it's really more. It really is. But, and I'm going to honestly say for all of you out there listening, grab this book. Everything in it is doable. It has nothing to do with electronics. It has nothing to do with fancy gadgets. It is simple things that you can do from home, in the car, on your walk. There are so many ways to create kid fun. And, and when you create kid fun with a child, you're saying, I love you. You matter to me. Laughing together is the greatest gift you can do with a young person. It absolutely is. So, you know, again, we've kind of turned the tables. We're wrapping up. How's everybody going to find you, Sharla? Oh, at kidfunandmore.com. Please go. There will be a link to Sharla's book 
grab a copy for yourself. I'm serious. You will absolutely love this book. Charlotte, it's been really fun turning the tables on you. Oh, thank you. I'm going to have to do it for you sometime. You have to close out your show, though, because legitimately it is your show to close out. Oh, right. Well, thank you so much for listening to Kid Fun and More and to our guest host, Dori DiCarlo. On behalf of everyone here on Word of Mom Radio and the Word of Mom Media Network, thanks for tuning in to Kid Fun and More. We're going to close with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters Bluegrass. So, till next time, this is Charlotte Felcher. And don't forget to visit my website, kidfunandmore.com, for activities, information about my books, and much more. She is sure, she is sure, she is strong, she is strong, she is true.